What's going on, guys? We're back. Another episode of HW Radio. I'm Jim here, as always, with Jack and Kyle. What is going on, guys? It's been two weeks since our last episode. Nothing really crazy coming out in the news, so we kind of had to fish for some topics for you guys. Uh, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Couple things we wanted to discuss. We came up with some, some good topics. We have... Jack came up with some discussion uh, topics for later in the episode. We want to talk some of the playoff format that could be implemented. And something that I kind of was thinking about today uh, was the Nolan Patrick pick. You know, he, he was picked second overall in 2017, the same draft that the Flyers drafted Morgan Frost in, 27th overall. And right now it kind of looks like, at least for me, Nolan Patrick has – uh, a brighter future. I'm sorry, Morgan Frost has a brighter future than Nolan Patrick. Jack, what do you kind of get that feeling? Do you get that sense? What are your kind of thoughts there? Because I, I forgot that they were both drafted in the same year at opposite ends of the round. Well, I can tell you that people are a lot more excited for Frost right now. Yeah, Patrick has done more, but just what you hear that he's going through, it never ends well. And you always want a player that wants to play and Patrick has not struck any of us. Like he wants to do whatever he can to get back on the ice. Seems like he's content. Uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's the vibe that I get, and that's all I can go by. Um, yeah, and Patrick or, uh, Frost is doing what he can to get back up here, looking good, relatively good. He's younger, uh, but it's it's tough because Patrick has the skill set, but does he have the drive? And that's tough. And a player doesn't have the drive that can infuriate you. Kyle, it sounds really like loud over there. Like, are you rubbing like sandpaper together or something? <laughs> You're not. What exactly? <laughs> no. What is happening over there? Wait, is it constant? Even when I'm not moving? No, when you're not moving, it's gone. Oh, then it's my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, my thing with Nolan Patrick, and I was thinking about this today. Like, first, let's get one thing out of the way. For as good a job as Ron Hextall did drafting players and, you know, filling up the farm system, whatnot, the pipeline and all that jazz we always talk about, you can kind of start to look back. It's We're going to be going into what should be Nolan Patrick's fourth season next year. He didn't play this year, uh, put up 30 and 31 points, I believe, in his first two seasons for 61 points, which is okay, I guess, from an 18, 19-year-old kid, but... We're going into his fourth season, and guys directly behind him, like Mira Heiskanen, uh, Kale McCarr, who's a flat-out stud, and Elias Pettersson, right, Jack? I mean, three guys that went directly behind Nolan Patrick that are blossoming stars, and Ron Hextall decided to pick Nolan Patrick. Now, I know at the time, right, 
It was those two guys and everybody else. That's what that's all we heard was Nico Hishie and Nolan Patrick. But didn't Patrick have an injury history before he was drafted? Uh, he had an injury leading up to the draft, like just before that season. Uh, I wouldn't call him injury prone, but uh, yeah, there was some concerns. Nothing, nothing that jumped off the page. Uh, and then once we got him, it was the boil on the face. Then it was this, that, and the other thing. And, yeah, he was on and off. His entire tenure with the Flyers, he has been relatively injury-prone. Or just weird reasons to be out. So, I mean, I'm not the biggest Nolan Patrick guy. And he hasn't really given us a reason to be a Nolan Patrick fan, you know. But if you look at the three guys picked directly after him, I could almost get a little bit, like, angry. Like, Jesus, like... Ron Hextall really fucked that pick up, right? I mean, that's what we do. Like, we look back on drafts and, we, you know, we see who went three, four, five, and we, we look back and see who Ron Hextall picked at number two, and it's like, wow, like, we could have had these three guys. Like, that's now already, right? Yeah, it's the, the thing that's – if he'd have done that at the time, though, he would have got crucified. You know, it's like one of those things you just can't – hindsight's 2020 you know and it's like at the time when we got that pick i was super excited you know i was like i can't believe we jumped up here we're set we're golden and it just it's just bad luck it's not much you can do i mean it's the jury's still out uh would i much rather have elias Pettersson and mccarr or even heiskanen absolutely but it's just not the way if we we were still drafting at 13 you know who knows who we would have ended up with you know there's a guy there's some hits on here or almost hits and some guys I never even heard of. So could have gone either way. Had he not taken Patrick and went with somebody else at the time, he would have gotten crucified. He it would have been tough, but he would have been probably been right. But yeah, if you do that and it goes wrong and Patrick turns into a stud, then he's really in trouble, hot water. Like, so I can't blame him too much when you're drafting that high. Like it's just all GMs do it. When's the last time a guy was like, yeah, he's definitely going to go here, like hundred percent. It's a two-man race, and he doesn't. Like, I can't think of nothing really jumps out. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was looking at the draft, and it was a really top-heavy draft. Like, there's the first five picks, and it's kind of like, eh, not really anybody else there. Uh, and when you look back, it's like, hmm, out of those five picks, Nolan Patrick's probably fifth on out of that top five on guys I'd rather have on my team right now. Uh, yeah, but even it's not like we knew. I mean, we did that poll, remember? Yeah, that's what I was well, going to ask you about, actually. Go ahead. And it's a, it's of what you know now. Like, with what you know now, would you do it? That's one thing. But back then, it was pretty universally known. One and two was going one and two. It just didn't know which one was going one at that point. Yeah, very true. You know, you got, you're right. But when you look back, you know, we do the 2020 thing. Kind of is what it is. You know, the Flyers missed out on a player. They had a top... Two pick, and out of five guys, they picked the worst one. It certainly you know? seems that way. I mean, it's still early, but it really doesn't look good. It just does not look good at all. I mean, even he sure, at least he's showing up. Like, he does play for the Devils for Patrick. Yeah. He's there. <laughs> yeah, like, Patrick's nothing. You, you want know? to know something so- crazy? God. I-, I was looking at draft picks for whatever reason the other day, and the Flyers, had ha- they've had more hits from 20th pick on than they do uh, top 10 to 15. Like, they've, they've drafted players like Giroux, Gagne, Richards uh, from picks 20 on, and 
you know, I, nobody really jumped off the page underneath that. When you think of some of the, when you think was, of Sandheim was like what four sixteenth or fourteenth or where was yeah he, he was up what there. What was yeah. Connectney? Connectney was twenty one. Yeah, yeah Proveroff was high. Proveroff was like seven. There you go. Yeah, Proveroff was seven. But I get your point. I mean, first off, the team in like the last twenty years, the first half of that twenty years, they barely had a first round pick, and when they did, they've been a playoff team. So they drafted towards the end of the first round, and yeah, Drew was definitely like a fantastic hit. Mm-hmm. Um, Carter and Richards. I think Carter was a little higher. He was taken first, I believe. Yeah, I think Carter there. was like eleven or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they really they're not. It's you can see the regime regime change. Like Hackstall and Clark barely drafted because they were always moving the picks, True. and then Hackstall wanted to build, and that's when you saw some hits. And if anything, the team never hit in the later rounds, and they started to in the Hackstall era a lot more. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, first guy that comes to mind is Oscar Lindblom, right? Carter Hart in the second round. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of some things I wanted to get off my chest a little bit about Nolan Patrick. And then the other thing was, maybe, maybe, and I'll speak for myself, maybe I'm too tough on this kid. Because he's, well, I think he's like 20 years old, maybe 21 tops now. He's played two seasons in the NHL. He's scored 30 points in both seasons as a, as a teenager pretty tough to do that in the nhl especially as a kid misses an entire year let's say with uh some kind of concussion syndrome type thing and let me tell you guys i found i heard something interesting uh i did a a podcast with dan a couple weeks ago and he had curtis gabriel on and he actually brought up the hit on nolan patrick we we weren't going to ask but he brought it up and he mentioned that he went to go say something to patrick after the game like apologize or whatever and I don't know. He was just he was just being uh, uh shit. What's the word? He was just speaking. He wasn't trying to say anything or give any uh, tidbits or anything. But he mentioned that Patrick said to him, he's got something going on with his ear. So I'm thinking, like, I wonder if he knocks something loose and that's what's causing these dizzy things or whatever. But he he wanted to make sure that nothing was wrong with his head. Patrick said, yeah, it wasn't anything with my head. It's my ear that's fucked up. So it just made me wonder a little bit, maybe this kid really does have something going on and he can't get it figured out because if his whole balance and shit is thrown off from being uh, dizzy and whatnot, you can't play hockey, you know? And if they can't specifically diagnose how to fix that, you know, maybe he's, you know. I don't know what's true anymore. Like I heard dizziness, yeah, but I've also heard like headaches and he was depressed and all this stuff. It's more than just dizziness and what have you and it's been i don't know it's been so long we've got nothing and when you try to figure out what's wrong with nolan patrick and you you just don't know and then somebody presents to you that this is how he was in college or juniors uh it was easier for him he was better than everybody else he comes here it's a lot tougher he's getting hit more he's getting injured more he doesn't like it things aren't as easy he has to actually try he has that like i don't give a shit demeanor um, and then they say like, suddenly he's disinterested. He's made comments. Like I'd rather sit home and shit like that. And it's like, suddenly that checks all the boxes. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's true. What's not. It's probably a little bit of everything where there's smoke, there's fire. So um, yeah, it's something wrong. Probably it's probably, I don't think yeah, how much he really cares to get back to the ice either though. Like I just don't read that at all. Just from body language and what he said. Okay. But I guess if you were having headaches every single day for whatever reason, if it's true or not, then your first priority 
probably wouldn't be getting back to hockey. It would be trying not to kill yourself. Yeah, I just don't believe it. Maybe there was a time, know. but for over a year? Like, come on. And then he's out, like, you hear he's out at events and everything, and he's fine, whatever. But then you interview, oh, I had a, I'm in a bad place and shit. And I, yeah, I hear conflicting reports. I don't, nobody knows what's true. And there's no, there's a, another player, I can't remember who it is, that had the sim- something similar and was about figuring out the diet and whatnot. He, he missed close to a half a season. He's been back ever since. I can look, I have to look up the name of who it was. They brought it up when he first had the injury. Is this yeah, a Stars player? Nothing. Maybe. I can't remember. And Wasn't Patrick there a Canuck, just, too? Maybe. But just there's no progress whatsoever. There's nothing. And I'm reading quotes of, that I've supposedly heard. I don't, again, don't know what's true and what's not. And it's just like a lot of it is bitterness with him being drafted where he was. You know, so I, I, I won't hide that fact. Uh, that's it. We need all the help we can get. And we're watching our rivals, you know, stomp all over us until this past season. It's like, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not. I do not have a bleeding heart. I, I want to win, and I don't really care how, what it takes. So, so I mean, I hope they figure it out. But I'm tired of he talking about it and hearing about it. And I just the part that makes it shady for me is that the Flyers never comment exactly on what's going on. Let's well, see. You yeah, know, they just kind of keep saying that, oh, he's, he's skating, but that's it. He's skating, but that's it. Every, yeah, and it's like, well, what the fuck's wrong with him, man? Shit. Like, nobody's ever up front with you about anything. You hear offhanded comments and this and that and the other thing. Because it was never announced why he's not playing, was it? Like, what was the no. original thing? Uh, I, I wonder if – I mean, this is just me thinking. I wonder if that's a HIPAA <laughs> violation. <laughs> What what's a HIPAA uh, violation? If you release somebody's medical diagnosis to the public without their consent. Mm. Oh yeah, without their consent, definitely yeah. No, so you think maybe he didn't give consent? Well, maybe nobody knows what it is, so it's impossible to say. So if they try to make a diagnosis or something, maybe it's some sort of HIPAA violation. No, I don't think they would try to say what it was, not knowing full well. But I get what Jim's asking. Like, what did they tell us at the time? Because the, even they didn't know. I don't remember either. Yeah, <laughs> usually so they give you ago. some kind of reason. Like, oh, he's not going to be playing because... Upper body uh, injury. Yeah, yeah, upper body something. But I don't even remember hearing upper body. It was just... I, don't, I can't remember either. He was just out. And it was like, what? What's, what's going on? You don't hear anything until a couple of days before preseason. Okay. Yeah, that's that's one of the main reasons I think it's it's shady-ish is because they've never come out and actually said what he's going through. They just keep telling you that he's skating, and it's like, well, cool. Like he's nothing's wrong with his legs, right? Yeah, that, that's just it. He's been skating with the team, skating with the team all season. He's been skating with the team, so I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, something I was just thinking about today. I don't know why. So I, I don't feel as badly as I do about Nolan Patrick as I did. And the only scary part now is if he doesn't start the team, if he doesn't start the season with the team next year, like actually playing games, then it's kind of like, well, what are you going to do now? Cause this is going to be a thing. He just missed an entire year, by the way. That's you know? the part that I can't fathom. It's crazy. So it's good. I put out a poll and you guys could tell me what you think. I mean, this is obviously assuming he plays over under on 49 points next year for Nolan Patrick. If he plays from the beginning over. Okay. I'm taking under all day long. 
Interesting. So let's hear why. Kyle, why do you think over? I don't know. I just got confidence in the kid. If he's going to come back and play from the start of the season and play at even slightly better than he did, I just think he's going to put it together. The way the team's been clicking, if he can slide in there and just get in a groove with how everybody else is playing, dude, there's no reason he can't get 50 points. Yeah, you would, I almost kind of agree, but I almost kind of don't. That's why I chose 49 because it's like right in the middle, right in the middle pack there. Jack, why don't you think he's going to get 49? Why do you think he's going to score under? I don't think he's going to play enough games. Even if he starts day one, I think he's going to be in and out of the lineup with issues. I don't think he's going to be able to get into a groove. Um, and I just I don't know how he'd gel with this squad. Hopefully he would. Everybody seems to gel with this squad. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Except for Ghost. <laughs> but it's like... I, I don't see him. What Kyle said is definitely possible. He's got the skill for it, and this team with Vigneault and everything is is good enough. Um, I just can't see that. That would be if everything went perfectly right with him and his health, and I don't see that happening, not after missing a, a full season. And even if he was all this time off, was like, I'm going to come back, and he's good to go, and he has a good, decent preseason, I don't see him playing – I don't, I don't even want to say 82 games. I don't see him playing 65 games. I think he'd miss uh, around 20 games, maybe more, with this injury or whatever you want to call it. So I had a follow-up question, but nah, I don't know. I have a question. Go ahead, Kyle. Would I like guys... that you've been smiling the entire episode, by the I'm way. I'm happy, man. It's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Would you take Nolan Patrick at 50% of what he was just for next season? If he played an entire season? Nah. Because uh, 50% no. of what he was wasn't even that great. Yeah, but for your fourth line center? Just to uh, work him back plays... in the lineup at low at low minutes? If he plays the entire 82-game season? He can't play on the fourth line. Though. He's going to get banged up. That's probably true. <laughs> and that, that yeah, is... I'd go out and get there's a guy a, that There's play. so many other guys in the system I'd rather see come up and play those roles. Yeah, but for $925,000 for one year, I mean. Well, he can't play the fourth line role because he'll get banged up. So even if it was like third line. If that's even a thing anymore. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it'd be enough. Rough hockey. Enough of him. He's talented, but if he doesn't want, I don't know. I don't want to say things. Thing. It's not true, but I don't know for a fact. Here's another thing, and I don't mean to take the discussion towards, you know, roster and whatnot because we didn't really plan on talking about it, but – He's not going to have a spot to play next year. Like, he's not. Like, we're expecting Morgan Frost to make the team next year, aren't we? Yeah, I would think. And then, I mean, he's going to have to earn it. And is he going to want to earn it, even if he is healthy? Like, I, I don't see the issue with Nolan Patrick potentially playing a year in the AHL just to get his shit together. That would I would have to be a two-way contract, but I could absolutely agree with it. But if you got to expose them to waivers for whatever fucking reason, you can't do that. For sure. Just a thought, an idea. Uh, Maybe yeah. he starts out with the Phantoms, see how he does down there, and we bring him up. He's like, uh, you know, like a, a, a trade deadline acquisition or something. Oh, we got 100% healthy Nolan Patrick. He's He's firing on all cylinders, ready to go. His confidence right, is maybe out. Maybe I'm just a scumbag, but I cannot see Nolan Patrick wanting to do that. I think he would nah, bitch the the whole time, even yeah. if he was healthy. I think he'd have a problem with it. I, I honestly believe that. I, I, I don't – I just how I feel. Anyway, am uh, I crazy for, like, feeling that? Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I don't think uh, – yeah, a number two overall pick that already played two years in the, a, in the NHL – 
Now he misses an entire year, and you're telling him he's got to go, you know, spend a couple games down in the AHL until it looks like he's ready to go. I don't think he's going to like. From everything that we hear about Nolan Patrick, I don't, I don't think any player would really want to do that, but especially a guy like Nolan Patrick. But having said that, I think that would be the best medicine for a guy like him to kind if of break, he would do it. right? To kind of yeah, break down that ego board, a little bit. If he was on board, I, that would. If he said that and was all about it, and was like, I got to re, I got to start from square one. I would totally do a 180 on him. And I'd be like, that's awesome. Like, let's do it. Like, okay, you I, you have my attention. I have your back. Let's go. But I can't see that happening. And it, and the other thing is, it's not like, yeah, the skill level is not as good in the AHL, but he's still going to get hit. These are still grown men. There's a lot of grown men in the AHL that yeah, can really point. fuck him up. Like, uh, it's true. It's a rougher league, too. That, that's what we've heard anyway, right? They get away yeah. with more. That's true. All right, so let's not spend any more time on Nolan Patrick. Let's move on a little bit ahead. Well, just, go ahead. Does, does everybody know that the AHL can, uh, season was officially canceled? Yeah, I saw that. Go ahead. You got any info on that? No, it was just, just officially canceled. It just canceled. came out. Yeah, they said they officially so canceled the season. If hockey does continue, there's a lot of hungry fucking phantoms that are ready to go that you mm-hmm. know are healthy if we go straight in the playoffs. I'm just saying, depth-wise, it's not bad knowing that all those guys ain't going to play a whole season or the rest of the season. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Let's move on to our next topic here, and it was the 24-team draft, 24-team uh, playoff format. And I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to shape up, who's going to play who and whatnot, but uh, 24 teams in the playoffs. Now, I think it's done so that some of these – uh, other teams kind of get in, you know, some of their uh, – actually, I don't even know if they would count as, as home games. Like, how are they getting the money through the through TV deals, I guess, right? Uh, I thought it was going to be because these lower teams can make a couple bucks, you know, playing some games or whatever. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this 2014 format? So from what I've seen, as far as its format, it would be 1 through 12, 1 facing 12, same as old school 1 through 8 playoff format went. Okay. And it would be a three-game series in the first round. Now, that would be interesting. So, did you have a chance to see who the Flyers might be playing in that, if they did that? I can look it up right now. Okay. So, 1 versus 12. That's that's pretty interesting. So, the, I... The, and... They're just going to do it right down the right down the standings, one versus twelve, right? They're not going to say, you know, do the whole division bullshit. No, none of that. It's just strictly one through twelve. Okay, so the Flyers, I think, would be the fourth seed, and I think they would be facing the eighth seed. It would be one versus t- twelve, two eleven, three ten. No, they'd be facing the nine seed. All right, so, I, have to ask, I have to ask a stupid question. Yeah, I ask. one through twelve, first round. Would how many teams would, would advance? Six, Six, right? So Maybe the top two teams get by. Somebody get a buy at some point, or do they play the team in the other division early, or a, a conference or something? Because you would have three teams, but it might work if you have an Eastern and Western conference in like one of the clo- one of the rounds closer to the finals, maybe. But I still feel like the math is off. So something that I saw was the top four teams would get a buy. See, now that's that's a, a huge thing. I was gonna say it can't be if it's one place twelve where the buys come in. They, they have to come in immediately. It's not gonna be halfway through the playoffs, and that's a big, that's a big thing. 
That's a big advantage for the guys who are still playing or start playing. So I can't remember if I read the entire article, but I remember seeing top four teams get a bye, and then it would be four versus 12. So, And that's why, to me, it looked like the teams four, seven. I'm sorry. Where the fuck did I get seven? Four, five, six, seven would would be at major advantages playing lower-seeded teams, getting a couple games in before they advance to play the higher seeds. So if you're a one through four team, you're kind of sitting around on your hands for another week or two until these teams finish. And to me, the advantage would go to the four, six, four, five, six, seven teams, right? Or whoever they end up playing. Whoever's playing, yeah. I would I would imagine that the people playing would have the upper hand come round two, at least Absolutely. for the first two games. Yeah. And that could swing a playoff series if the and, teams are close enough. Correct. And I got it. It's a... Uh, the Flyers would be playing the 10th seed, which would be the Rangers. Oh, my <laughs> God. Are you kidding me? That'd be sick. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be. Dude, so you want me to go down the whole thing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. One Boston would be playing 12 Montreal, another pretty heavy series. They hate each other. But what about the buys? I don't know nothing about the buys. All okay. I seen was one through 12 first round playoff. Okay. For the 24-team uh, playoffs. Tampa would be playing Florida. Oh, wait. Washington would be playing the Rangers. We would be playing the fucking Islanders. Oh, jeez. And how are they getting the standings for this? Are they taking it as they are now? Or are they As they are now. Wait, wow. If they wow. were to finish out the regular season, that's the only scenario I saw. I thought, I thought I read something about setting everybody back to 68 games or something and taking the points because that way everybody would have played the same amount of games or something. I know it's not fair, but I swear I heard something like that. Wouldn't that put us in first in our division, right? Yeah, I think that's why it was brought up. I think we were so really that would put us in third, which would have us playing the Rangers. Maybe you're right. Maybe I missed that little factoid. I don't know. I keep hearing something different every day. I don't know how this is going to work. I'll take whatever I can get, though. Like, we can bitch about what's fair. If I'd this like is to what watch hockey. Get, exactly. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that really sucks. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, how we feel about the playoff format. Not crazy about it, but could be some cool matchups to pay attention to there. Flyers-Rangers. I was a little bit afraid of the Rangers for a little bit there before they ran into the Flyers. They were one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Could really see them sneaking in that seventh, eighth spot uh, or one, two wild card, whatever it is now. Uh, I could see the Islanders and the the Blue Jackets falling off and would have been interesting to see. I'm most upset about that, that we didn't get to see how that playoff race finished because it was going to be good, man. Jim was going to be right, and we were shitting on him all year. (laughs) They were going to win the division and probably win the cup. So guess oh what? He's still he's still not right for the record, everybody. <laughs> Jim got cut. Is it is it possible that I jinxed the I jinxed the Flyers? No. H W jinx. No. H W jinx. <laughs> no, don't start that. Fuck no. I already got a problem going to games with Flyers with uh going to games with Kyle. Yeah, uh, loud. Yeah. No so more. we got enough, <laughs> enough jinxing going on here. I don't want that. No more bad juju. I gotta sneak into a game, hope they win, let Kyle know I was there. Yeah, I you gotta break it. Being invited again. <laughs> oh He's gonna, it's gonna be like an overtime, and I'm gonna pop up. Hey, Kyle! <laughs> oh my god! No! <laughs> no! I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna leave. 
I'm just gonna walk out of the building because I know what's coming. <laughs> right as he gets to the door, you're just gonna hear, "Ah!" <laughs> Have you seen the Bronx Tale with the Eddie Mush scene, or no? I remember Bronx Tale. I remember most. Of, is that the Eddie Mush scene? Which, yes. That, that's not the beginning in the bar, is it? No, it's when they're all at the horse track and. Uh, Calodra is there with a group of his buddies, right? And they all bet a horse, and he's in first. He's going to win the race. Eddie Mush comes walking down the steps with his ticket, smacking his newspaper. Before the race even finishes, they all rip up their tickets because Eddie Mush bet the same fucking horse. Uh, yeah. Now, there's a movie, Celtic Pride, with Dan Aykroyd and uh, Daniel right. Stern. And uh, same thing. They're watching the Celtics jazz. They're up. This guy shows up. He's from SNL. I forget his name. And uh, they're like... They like see him and like, yeah, I haven't seen him since Buckner's mishap. And <laughs> they're talking about the Red Sox pitcher who, or a first baseman who boxed the the ball. And uh, all of a sudden they're like, what happened? We were up 16. Now we're up two. And they just turn around, look at the guy. The, the whole section starts booing <laughs> him and he ends up fucking leaving. Is that hilarious? That movie yeah. again? Because I think I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that later. I oh, think. it's a good movie, man. What was the name again? Celtic Pride. It's That's about it, the uh, Boston Celtics. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that later. Good fucking movie. It's been a Kate long Waynes time. is like the star basketball player on the Jazz. It's good. Yeah, Marv's in that movie, isn't he? That's Daniel Stern. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Jim, there you go. <laughs> Fucking Marv. Wow, he's wow. hilarious, too. There yeah, you go, Jimmy. Uh, all right, so let's move on. So we have some – what were these topics? Argumentative topics? Argumentative? Why do I say that like that? Argumentative. Yeah, controversial? <laughs> controversial topics. <laughs> So go ahead, Jack. You have your list over there. Let's start. I noticed on a couple of radio stations they were just bringing up like really important things that are uh, interesting, rather, uh, that had come up in just Philadelphia sports history, like Allen Iverson's practice. You know, that uh, interview was synonymous, infamous. So I was trying to think, like, what really is going on with the Flyers? And if you want to talk interviews, I'll br- we'll start with this one. Just just the saga that was Ilya Brzezgalov and his yeah. The universe is so humongous big, right? And it was all for the HBO. We're going to play. Who did he play? Boston in that first uh, Winter Classic? I think yeah. that's who he played. And he was in it, and he ended up not even being the goalie you started because he fell off a cliff. So, I don't know. Just a general question to you guys. What did you think about adding Brzezgalov at the time? Take everything into consideration and how it played out. And, uh, Kyle, why don't we start with you? I was happy that we got him at first because nobody really knew any better and then immediately regretted the decision about a year into it <laughs> i don't know what about you jim i love the signing and then i like i wasn't done with briz like yeah he was pretty bad but i was like kind of like Okay, let's put a let's put a team in front of him because he needed the he needed the team to play in front of him a certain way, right? Like uh, Laviolette was all run and gun, offense, offense, offense. Not really like, hey, maybe we should protect the goalie a little bit, you know? And I I liked Brizgalov. I liked his personality. I thought he was fucking funny. I wanted to see him succeed. I never really hated Brizgalov, if I if I can be honest. Like, yeah, he was frustrating, but. Somehow the Flyers could win games, even in, even still in front of him. I don't know if I would have bought him out when they did. If uh, I guess they had to, right, though, because they only had a certain amount of compliance buyouts or something. Yeah, and, and the cap changed. Right. His, his contract was long, too. They had to do that. 
But yeah. no, I mean, you guys bring up some good points. I mean, I got to agree. I mean, I liked Bob. I really did. And I thought he had, he got a unfair shake. But when you saw the contract that he was signed to, Brzezgolov, you knew he was gone. And that sucked. And <laughs> it really bit us. But at the same time, when it happens, like, we just got the top goalie on the market. This hasn't happened in years. Like, you know, he was great with Phoenix. This could, this could be really good. And you dive a little deeper, and you, you realize that Phoenix has – any goalie who goes there is usually pretty decent, even if they're actually not that good. They force a lot of – at least under Dave Tippett, they force a lot of shots from the outside. Those are low-percentage shots, easier to, to save – jacks up your save percentage, makes you look a little bit better than you actually are. Uh, then you find out from Briz himself. He went to Laviolette and said, uh, yeah, I like to see the shot. And he goes, we don't, we block shots here. So he's like, well, you're screening me. We block shots here. Well, that's going to be a problem. And it was. Now that's, you know, that's, that's it. Kind yeah, of, I had it it's kind of in defensive, Briz. He was a goofball, man. Like, I, <laughs> I thought it was great. But when you're not playing good and you're like that, it does not bold very well. And he was making a ton of money. Uh Long contract, but the one thing that I wanted to talk about because everybody, I, I, this is how I feel. I could be wrong. A lot of people like to kill Holgram for that. I think that move was 100% Edge Snyder. I think that they saw in the playoffs when we had Michael Layton, Boucher, and uh, Brabowski in a playoff round in both Buffalo and Boston that that ridiculous carousel of goalies. He just said, "You need to put a stop to this. Go get the top guy on the market." And everybody likes to kill Hacksaw for that, and I, I, I don't think he had a choice. I think the boss told him what to do there. But, yeah, it was it was definitely a weird time in Philly. I, like you said, Jim, I still like the guy. I never hated him. It just didn't work out. Yeah, you know what? And I think you have a, a really good point there with the Ed Snyder thing. Love Ed. But uh, you could clearly see, like, everything that you just said, like, Briz needs to see shots. He's playing for a coach that, you know, he likes his team to block shots. So, like – a hockey guy wouldn't bring in a guy like Brizgalov because he would know, like, this is the kind of goalie he is. This is the kind of team we have, and they don't go. So I'm not sure a general manager, unless, you know, Paul Holmgren is like a complete moron, would go out and do that, right? So it seems like, you know, somebody from the top is saying, go get a fucking goalie, and I want this guy, right? So I think I agree 100%. No, absolutely. I mean, Schneider's he was getting old, man. He's the same reason why they signed LeCavier. When when his own team like bought him out for as good as he had been for that franchise, like, yeah, would he have signed with another team? Sure, not for the contract the Flyers offered him. Like like that was just too much. And it's because Schneider had to have him. He was on unfortunately the man was on his way out. Yep. It was last push. Um but yeah, I mean it's not it's not the first time the Flyers have been duped by a player based on how he played with another team. And the perfect example of this, you guys remember Dan McGillis? Yeah. So Flyers traded for Dan McGillis from Edmonton because he he uh, had a lot of hits. You know who keeps track of hits? The home team. Right. They jacked up his hits. He didn't get any time he touched a player, it was a hit. So when we got Dan McGillis, he didn't hit half as much. Like, it was bullshit. So you have to do your own research. And I don't think they did that in that case or in this case. And we paid the ultimate price, unfortunately. What do you got next over there? We'll jump around a little bit here. How about uh, Kate Smith? That's probably the biggest controversy that I think we've had in Philly for a while. Would you agree? Oh, Catherine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, like, I think there's a strong argument that removing Kate Smith was actually good luck 
because this was the first season without officially, you know, Kate Smith and the Kate Smith statue, right? And wow. look how good the team was. Way to think outside the box on that one. I did not <laughs> think that. Right, like 20 honest. games over 500, pushing for the division. Looks like they're going to possibly contend for a Stanley Cup. And guess what statue's not outside anymore? They also don't even play, like, remember the big games they used to play the song, God Bless America? And they would, like, recently, they would lose. (laughs) It wasn't good luck. I even read an article. It just wasn't good luck anymore. That's so funny that you say that. To flip flip your point entirely, they removed Uh Kate Smith's statue. The Flyers were on their way to being a cup contenders, and a worldwide plague broke out. (laughs) (laughs) You think she did it? You think she caused the plague? I don't know. I'm just saying. It could go both ways. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Want to see what happens next year. (laughs) Did Kate Smith cause Corona? That's going to be the (laughs) next. We'll just just wrap that up with it was a lose-lose for for the Flyers, and they did what they had to do. Did Kate Smith come back to haunt the Flyers? Yes. Okay, let's move on to the next poll on Twitter right now. Kate Smith. Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did kate smith contribute the coronavirus yes <laughs> other answer also yes <laughs> definitely <laughs> wow. all right go ahead what else you got jack so yeah. back in the during the first lockout where we lost the whole year i think it was t- 2005 uh, i don't know if you guys remember jeremy roenick was a philadelphia flyer and right oh, let's see what he said here he has some heart Ronick has harsh words for nhl fans this is june 28th 2005 we're going to try to make it better for everybody period end of subject and if you don't realize that then don't come he said at a golf charity tournament we don't want you at the rink we don't want you in the stadium and we don't want you to watch hockey I say personally to everybody who's called us spoiled, you guys are just jealous. We have tried so hard, so hard to get this game back on the ice. If people are going to chastise professional athletes who are making a lot of money, they need to look at the deal we are probably going to end up signing in the next three weeks. Those were Ronick's last words before he was – I don't know how long it was. That was June. He was still a flyer technically at the time. Uh, but he was out the door, and then we signed Peter Forsberg. So some controversy right there from a flyer. I don't think that was directed at Flyers fans. I think that was directed at all fans. But, yeah, we know good old JR was always uh, one that shoot off the mouth as quickly as possible. Almost sounded directed at the owners, not really the fans. He was at a charity golf club, probably at an expensive banquet. So he sounds like he was talking to the owners. <laughs> well, when you read the last line of what he said, I think you might be right. He says, they need to look at the deal we are probably going to end up signing. It's them versus the owners. So if he's yeah. not happy with the deal, I mean, that's a good point. But either way, those were his last words as a flyer, pretty much. Uh, I always like JR. I still do. He's a little, he's another half a Briz himself. But uh, yeah, uh, that was uh, some controversy at the time. Now I'll bring up an oldie but goodie. Rob Bod and his wife and Eric Lindros. Anybody remember anything about this? Yeah, I just wish the fist fight in the locker room was caught on tape. I would have loved to see what happened. Allegedly. So I got two different oh, it stories. Happened. I got two different <laughs> stories. I'll just I'll paraphrase. First story is Rob the Bod finds out, goes into the locker room, and literally hits him in the bat with, with a chair, like WWF style. 
That's the first, and he just did it himself. Where a lot of people don't believe, he may have just attacked him. He's like, he doesn't strike me as the type to use a chair for as chiseled as he is. The other, and then went to uh, Bobby Clark and demanded either me or Lindros, and then the trade came. Or the other one was he got some players to do it. It was him and some players or just some other players, and either way, Lindros got his ass kicked and Rod the Bod was shipped out of town. Uh I don't know if everything is 100% true, but I do believe where there is smoke, there is fire. And Brandon Moore was subsequently traded to Carolina for Keith Primo. So thoughts? I refuse to believe that Rod Brindamore would have other people do his dirty work. Yeah, that was odd. Especially if somebody told him that somebody fucked his wife. <laughs> you get I mean, that like uh, blind rage, that like temporary insanity. Not you know, like, you don't let me go talk to tougher players to take. Our yeah, I was no, surprised no, when I read. I read that. Time, I break a chair over somebody's back. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I was surprised to have read that, but who the hell knows what actually happened? Uh, but to uh, follow up on that, well, how do you guys feel about the uh, primo for Brandon trade in hindsight? I, I liked Brendan Moore, but I don't ever remember feeling as attached to him as I think some people were. So, like, at the time, it was just whatever. I was more excited about Keith Primo, I think, than losing Rod Brendan Moore. Looking back, who would I rather have for the extent of their career? Probably, definitely Brendan Moore. Uh, but without Primo, we would have never had the five-overtime goal. So, as much as I would have liked to watch Brendan Moore finish his career with the Flyers... I'm happy with Keith Primo, I think. So I guess I'm still a little bit indifferent towards the trade. What year was that? Hang on. I have it right here. 2000. Or yeah. Okay. So I, I, have, I have to 110% agree with you, Jim, on the sole purpose that I didn't get to watch a large part of uh, Brenda Moore's career. So, like, I didn't have the same attachment because when I started watching hockey, essentially – and understanding it, I was about 10, which would have put me in 2000, 2001. So I only really got to grow up with Primo. And I liked Primo a lot more because I got to watch him. I'll be and honest. I uh, I remember Rod the Bod quite well. Uh, I was a big fan. Um, but it just felt to me that Keith Primo was a, a tier better than Brendan Moore. That's how I felt. I felt he was just he could have his own team kind of not necessarily like a premier team, but he was that good of a player. Where Brennan Moore was a very, very good like secondary player. Uh, he always worked hard, all that. And when you look at the longevity of their careers, Primo having to retire because of concussions and Brennan Moore playing to what, like two thousand nine or some shit? Uh, and he uh, and he got a cup. And he got a cup, yeah. With a you know, he went to Carolina, it was like the third year in, in the league. And he's been, you know, he led them to their first cup. But at the time, pre- 2004, Primo was an absolute force. And, you know, we came so close to getting our own cup, a game seven Eastern Conference finals loss to Tampa. He was, when Primo was here and he was healthy, he was, he was better than Brynamore. He, he absolutely, there's a reason he was a, a captain. I mean, Brynamore could have easily been captain as well, but there's a reason that a guy that we traded for two years later was our captain, if it was even that. And, it sucks that he had to retire because of concussions, but I think at the time of the trade, we got the better player. Who would you say the worst captain in Flyers history was? That's tough, man. That's a good oh. question. <laughs> I'd have I'm to go back go. to like the early 90s. 
I'm gonna go Jason Smith. Well, I liked Jason Smith. I like Jason good. Smith too. It was but I don't weird know why that he was the captain, captain, though. It was weird <laughs> that he was captain. He was signed and then made captain. That was very strange. Wasn't it when they were like terrible? You want to know? I'm probably gonna get some controversy for this, but Eric Desjardins was not a very good captain. They took I the sea off. Fuck you! I he took the sea off him. I don't care who took the sea off. Yeah, he took. The, he's a great defenseman. Captain. Great defenseman. Not a good captain. See, I kind of agree with that. Speak English. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge part of being a leader, I think. Well, if your captain doesn't speak your language, how, how can you fucking listen to him? He, they gave it to him because he's respected. But just because you're respected doesn't make you a great leader. And he just wasn't a good captain. Who was captain when Desjardins was assistant? Was it Lindros? Uh, yeah, I think it was Primo? Lindros before and then um, Primo after. Wait, they stripped his C to give to Eric Lindros? No, to Primo, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, so Desjardins was captain in between, right? I yeah. believe so. Uh, that's a good question for uh, next show. I wrote that down. Worst captain. We could do worst captain in our lifetime and worst captain in team history. That's good. I like lifetime. I got to think about that. And yeah. I love Desjardins, too, so that hurts. <laughs> but it I is forgot that he was a captain. I, I forgot about that. Um, he was captain from 99 to 2002, and then in Primo was 2001-2006. Darian Hatcher was captain. Forsberg got to see. Jason Smith, Richards, Pronger, Giroux. Yeah, you got, yeah. it's like between our very first captain ever, who probably nobody's ever heard of, Lou Angotti. Then it was Ed Van Amp. The guys from my, you know, our dads loved Ed Van Amp. Clark. You know, Mel Bridgman's a little strange. Yeah, I think he was, was the first overall pick. 79 to 81. It was taken off of Clark and then went back to Clark for 82, 84. That's very strange. Bull Barber, Davey Pullen was a good captain. Ron Sutter, Rick Tockett, Kevin Deneen, and then Lindros. I don't know. You know Mel Bridgman was the Flyers' only first overall pick in team history? Yep. Crazy. That. Yep. How about that? Um, <laughs> anyway, back to the, back to the list. Um, the Richards and Carter trades, that was a big news at the time for us. I wouldn't even call it that controversy, but man, was that some big shit. I'll ask you like people asked when Kennedy was shot. Where were you when this trade went down? When you heard? I don't even, I just remember being extremely pissed off. That's all (laughs) I remember. All I remember is being so fucking mad at the Philadelphia Flyers. Like I was done. I was so angry. You still feel that way? Uh, not necessarily. Why? Wait, why aren't you angry? Like, those guys went on to win a cup, and the Flyers haven't done shit since. Yeah, but I don't know. We rebuilt it for another 10 years. I don't think they were instrumental in winning those that. I think they won two, those cups, but they weren't the sole reason. I think Jonathan Quick was an absolute stud during those runs, something we never had here in Philly. Um, I think they changed their tune a little bit. Well, Richards didn't, obviously. But, uh, you know, I, I I would have preferred to have kept them, but I do like the haul we got back. I mean, Coots and Voracek essentially came from um, Carter. And then he had – people loved Wayne Simmons here, and Braden Chen was considered the best prospect at the, in the league at the time. So it's not He's like they traded pretty him well for himself. Exactly, and it's not. Like, my point is, though, it's not like they traded him for peanuts. I mean, yeah. Coots alone, Coots alone was worth Carter. So I here's think. a here's an interesting thing. Like you could even argue that we traded 
They traded Mike Richards for Wayne Simmons and Farabee and Frost, since Shen ended up being Farabee and Frost. So they you could got say a second that, round pick. You know who they got with that second round pick? No, who was it? They they traded it to Dallas for Nick Grossman. Remember that guy? Wow. And the Flyers got a third in the Carter deal, and they drafted Nick Cousins. Remember that guy? A couple of Nicks. Uh, (laughs) Fun facts. Fun facts here, folks. But, Jim, where were you at the time of that trade? So I remember – because they happened like within an hour of each other, right? Something like that. So I remember hearing a Carter trade, and I was ecstatic. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, we got rid of this moron. Uh, Shoots high and wide nonstop. Like, yeah, he scored 47 (laughs) goals one year, whatever the fuck it was. But he took like 300 shots or some shit. Like, 47 goals looks great, but when like that's that's a terrible ratio. Uh, I don't know, man. I was was never the biggest Jeff Carter fan, but I loved Mike Richards. So like, I went from being happiest day of my life to oh my god, is this real? Like, my heart sunk. Like, I was like depressed for like a good hour. Like, did they really just fucking trade Mike Richards? Like. Uh, like usually, I I won't I won't get a player's jersey or how I was back then. I wouldn't get a player's jersey unless they signed him to like a big contract or something because I knew he was going to be here for a while. So like I went all out, spent like two hundred whatever the fuck two hundred fifty bucks on a on a real jersey, blah blah blah, and they end up trading the fucking guy, and like I was devastated for a little bit. I couldn't believe they just traded Mike Richards. Uh, yeah, I think I was like outside. I don't remember exactly where I was. I remember more how I felt than where I was. Uh, I remember where I was. <laughs> where? Six Flags. <laughs> oh my god. So we checked. I had been following these rumors a lot, and I was like, I would tell people like they might trade, and they're like, there's no way. Nine times out of ten, I'm like wrong, especially back then when I believed everything. And I was just like, oh yeah, they're gonna, you know, whatever. So we go into the park. We come back out for like lunch, and my phone had blown up. And it was just about Carter. So we turned the radio on. Uh, Ten minutes in, it was um, – hell, he's on 97.5 now. Anthony um, Gargano. And he's just like, oh, and this is what they got. Da, 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 da. Oh, and and they traded Richards. Rich, I'm just getting new. Like he couldn't talk and shit. It was absolutely ridiculous. I couldn't, couldn't keep track fast enough. But it did leave me with this feeling like who are we now? Like it's not like we traded yeah, for the next for eight years. Yeah, it was. Thank God, Drew. <laughs> thank God, Drew was Drew. Because if he wasn't there, like who the, you know what I mean? Like it was. It's not like we traded a stud for a stud. It was all prospects. And even Coots. It's not like we got Coots. We got a a pick. Picks miss all the time, you know. So I don't. It was. It was. I felt really weird that day for sure. And yeah, I love Richards too. I didn't hate Carter, but I definitely Richards was definitely my favorite player at the time. What you know. That's not the first time I've heard that exact uh, point of view from Jim uh, with the Richards. Everybody was a big, huge fan of Richards. And Carter kind of got the shit end of that stick because it's like 50-50 across the fan board of if they would have done that deal at the time. You know what I mean? It's tough. Yeah, it's... Because people funny, either loved Carter or they hated Carter. Yes, like, I there agree was no with that. in between. I feel like Richards was universally liked, where people like really loved Carter because he could score. Man could flat out shoot. But other people would say what Jim was saying, and it's not wrong. Like there were definitely times where he, you know, would screw his own team over. And at that time, like Holgram had to make a decision because I think going into that year, those contracts would have been locked in 
full no movement clauses and they would have been here. That that was his only opportunity to trade them. Um, and yeah, it unfolded so strangely. And yeah, that's that. that that's the whole Dry Island or South Street crew, whatever you want to call it. It would think it was those two, Scott Hartnell for sure, Scotty Upshaw when he was here, and like well, somebody else, I can't remember who it was, but that was that was the issue. They were changing the culture of the team and what have you. And if you haven't listened to Mike Richards on um, Spitting Chicklets, listen, he talks about it, so I listen to that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to that. Oh yeah. Uh, and the last thing I have on here, it's one of my favorite things to talk about ever. The ballad of Dave Hackstall. His entire tenure here. I just thoughts. Just give me thoughts. He spent what four and a half years here? Thoughts. Rough summary. I was surprised when they signed him, but still um like on the fence. Like, I don't know, maybe it's an okay thing to I fucking hate this guy in about 1.5 seasons. <laughs> I can't believe he was here for how many years? Four? Four and a half. I can't believe he was here for that long. I really can't. That that right there tells you that it was all Hextall. Yes. And I no just remember leaving the Flyers game this year and somebody asking me like, yeah, Jack, but wouldn't you say the Flyers weren't in position to win now? And I'm just – when they hired him, I'm like, what coach goes into an interview and says, maybe in five years I could turn this team around? They would never get hired. And I'm like, one year, obviously, two maybe. I'm like, he's been here this before he got fired. It, it was his fourth season, and he was tanking terribly. The team had been playing worse than it has in his entire tenure. He's, every time he's made the playoffs, and at the time, a pretty weak conference – He's gotten so horribly embarrassed. And how many times with Vigneault have we said, why did he start that guy? Why is he on that line? Like, why is this guy playing and this guy's not? I can't think of one time unless there was an injury, in which case we know the reason. Never. Doesn't overplay his goalies. He just is a real coach. And to hang on to a guy like Hackstall for as long as he did, Hackstall, and the fact that he – I know he didn't get fired because he wouldn't fire him now that we know everything, but still, like – do something and just kept kept saying bullshit and guy who clearly doesn't know what the hell he's doing stayed for that long. I'll never understand it. It was such a it was a pretty bad time to be a Flyers fan. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I just that was like the worst. I I think of our lifetime at least. Like I don't remember like a darker time or like a time where I was. I've never been apathetic the way I was during. Hackstall, Hackstall tenure the way I was these last four years. I, like, I didn't care about the fly. I, like, I cared because I, I wanted to watch them and I wanted them to win, obviously, but you just knew that they weren't going to win with that team. Like, we were watching fucking Dale Weiss. It like, was Dale Weiss was the shit. signing of the offseason one year. You remember yeah, that? That was Hackstall, but yeah, four years. I'll never understand that one. And yeah. it's the sad part is we all were like, well, now, Hack, now Hackstall's going to play them all the time. <laughs> you know, yep. that's that's the biggest issue. But it's like, have I you ever hated a, a coach in any sport more, ever? No, I, I've, I think you. I mean, I, I think we're all kind of the same when it comes to this. Like, we like emotion. Like, I feel like the city of Philadelphia, like Flyers fans, kind of thrive off emotion. I think if you're human and you're hot blooded, if you have, you know, a, a, if your heart is pumping, you like to see emotion. 
You know, like you, you like to see a guy get fired up because it shows, you know, he cares or, or, or at the slightest, it shows that he cares the very least. This guy never reacted ever. He always had the same face for everything. And like, it's like, I cannot root for this guy because he, he doesn't have a fucking personality. And it's like, I don't know. It was just, he was one of the hardest coaches to ever try to defend. Like I never tried to defend him, but you can't like, there's no defending him. He didn't give you any reason to, to want to defend him. He's just, I think he was outside of his element a little bit. And when, when they hired him, my first thought was, okay, we're going to go through some rebuilding. It's a young team. He's going to, he's going to teach the kids how to play, blah, blah, blah. He's a college coach. So he'll be more patient with them, whatnot. Then when you saw he's benching, he's benching these, the same players that we're thinking he's going to develop for making mistakes. It's like, how the fuck are they going to learn from watching the game? How are they yeah. going to learn? How many times we hear that? He's good with the young kids. I'm like, everybody's regressed. Like, <laughs> how is he good with the young kids? He doesn't play Ghost. He benched Sanheim once for uh, McDonald, of all people. Oh, that's yeah. something I should have brought up. Fucking McDonald. Um, no. Ballad of McDonald. <laughs> but like, it, it, just the people he would start. And it's like, I don't, where's the good at all in this guy? Anywhere. I don't see anything. He does not know what he's doing. He's staying over his head. He is so in over his head. And he's still got a job. The reason we can't think of another coach in any sport that you dislike is because it never lasted long enough for you to get pissed off about it. But he just stuck. He was just here. He'd be Gabe Kapler if the fly, if the Phillies management had their way. So for the owner stepped in and fired him, much like Schneider used to do all the time. Yeah, he was gone now, and now we got stuck with this guy for almost five years. Like, what a travesty! It's like, it could be a meme. It's like what the Philadelphia Flyers fans wanted—a fiery coach. What they got. A Polaroid of Dave Hackstall one time giving the middle finger from the bench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, and he just. He played, as Jim said, the team played like that, lifeless. That was one way to describe the team throughout that, lifeless. Yeah, it was like he was too cool or something. Like, it's okay to to get fired up, bro. Like, Dude, they would lose every big game, it yeah. felt. It really felt like. Like, every big important game where it was you're on the big stage, they wouldn't just lose. They get embarrassed. Playoff games, they get embarrassed. Like, come on. They go down 3-0 to Washington. And like, dude. You're, and you're surprised people are throwing bracelets on the ice? It seems not even showing the fuck up. It's the playoffs. Pittsburgh. You know what's like the epitome of like the Dave Hackstall era is like Steve Mason giving up that like that yeah. that fucking goal <laughs> against Washington. It's like, oh, you should have this. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Nightmare, <laughs> nightmare goalie goal. And it happens in the playoffs, too. Like, oh, my God. And, like, it, weren't, it was, like, two to one, I think, the series was, uh, if if I can remember correctly. It was two to one, and then. Nope. They and were then, down 3-0 at some point. So was it 3-0? Yeah. In that then, game, it might have been 2-0. Okay, yeah. Maybe it was, like, three to one. They were coming back 3-1, and then uh, I, I can't remember what what it was. Did they win two games in that series? No. But um, they replaced Mason with, um, what the hell's his name? Neuverth and Neuverth was actually playing really good. I think Neuverth got the only win. To be honest he got with you. hurt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he was hurt earlier in the year. But yeah. No, they were in that game. They were coming back. I remember that they were down like three nothing. It was like three one, and they were pushing, and then that shit went in. And it was like, oh come on. You remember yeah. when he just passed out? Neuverth. Yeah. When no Neuverth when he was just like, you know what? I'm done playing for this hockey team, and just fell asleep on the ice. No. <laughs> You don't remember that? No. 
when he just passed out. You seriously don't remember that? Absolutely, I don't. Well, YouTube. Okay, was- Neuverth passes out. Neuverth takes a nap. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to download it and re-upload it as that title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess because it kind of came up uh, naturally, the last thing, uh, the saga that was Andrew McDonald. Kyle, your thoughts? I'm not talking about that prick anymore. He doesn't deserve the airtime. Enough said. Jim? <laughs> yeah, Andy McDonald. I mean, I don't know. He kind of is like the epitome like of that era. It's just like, why is he on this team and why is he making so much money? Like, he's just not good. All I'm going to say is we've talked about him to no end. He just was an absolute joke. But I do have something funny. You know what we traded to get him? Uh, actually, I do. It was Ilya Sorokin and Brandon Carlo. Is I think that the picks ended up turning out to be those guys. Which the picks were a second and a third. Oh, who else did we trade for a second and a third? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Braun is actually playing good hockey. I don't think Andrew McDonald ever played good hockey. Wait, no, so you're never. saying that they should not re-sign Justin Braun then? No, we're not doing this again. <laughs> No, I just thought I just wanted to say second and third for you guys. But it's true. That is what they gave up for. Him. <laughs> yeah. How crazy is that that it's going to end up being that fucking goalie for the Islanders coming over next year? Sorokin. Dude, even the who, – who was the other player? Carlo would be a good uh, third. Carlo pick. plays for Boston, doesn't he? He's like their sixth, seventh defenseman. Like, uh, not that we would have drafted those guys, but still, it's just like, come on, man. Yeah, he's been pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, uh, for Andy – I mean, I take either one. I mean – I would take Brandon Carlo in a heartbeat over fucking Andy McDonald. Oh, yeah, shit. Uh, and then add in that fucking Russian goalie. He's going to be a stud. You know what? One of the hardest things I've ever had to do is that I was always, you know, we'd be talking flyers at like a party or something, and one person would like say something positive about McDonald, and I would just lose, they would just lose all credibility instantly. Instantly. Because yeah, what can like, you what, say? What fucking game? Like, this one guy was saying something. It was like my brother in law's bachelor party. And he's just like, yeah, I like how they're putting the young guys with McDonald. I was like, what? What? You know, like the old vet with the young player. I'm like, I get that concept, but you don't want the old vet to be fucking Andrew McDonald. Like, what are you watching? <laughs> like, I would never want anybody playing with him. Like, what, yeah. what are they learning? Like, <laughs> how to be a nice down. guy? Yeah, right? So when you fall down, this is how you don't hurt yourself. Because, God forbid, the guy was never hurt. He's always playing. When, listen, if at any point in time you fall down, which should be often because it makes you a good defenseman, <laughs> swing your stick erratically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Snowman. So Make Thanks, a snowman. Yeah. Just absolute dog shit. And it goes in that – Hacksaw and McDonald with that damn four-and-a-half-year period was the darkest time in Flyers hockey by far that I remember. Even yeah. though our worst season was only one year, then the next season we were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, like I got a, somebody commenting on the statue thing already. I uh, guess he maybe couldn't tell that it was sarcastic. I don't know. So Kate, did Kate Smith come back to haunt the Flyers with the pandemic? John DeWar, DeWar comments, they didn't win a damn thing while that statue was up. Actually, let me just tell him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John. Listen to the ep- to the new HW episode this Sunday. Oh God, stop talking! <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't Good. think it has anything to do with 
did they win anything. It's just they took it down and then this shit they started winning and this shit happened. Huh? Yeah, it was me being as being a jerk off on Twitter and somebody took it serious. Hey, listen to the show. You'll know it's what's going Twitter. On. You expected too much. Yeah. So, Jack, you got any more uh, topics over there? No, and that uh, McDonald one was a bonus. I didn't even have that written down. Came out naturally. Good stuff there. That was fun. A lot of that wasn't controversy. I just was trying to think of topics we could talk about. Try to get some of the bigger known stuff, but like the trades. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that, you know, not a lot of whole crazy things. Not like we had like a deflate gate or some shit like that or, you know, cheating or anything. So that's really all we got. How about, uh, do you remember when Lindros was going through all that shit and it, they were painting Lindros as like a really like, you know, a piece of shit back then and whatnot. Like, oh, he just won't play and blah, blah, blah. Or his dad's getting involved and whatnot. And, you know, I stumbled upon an article a couple weeks ago about, you know, Keith Jones used to room with Eric Lindros apparently, right? Mm -hmm. And he recalled a night where Lindros was soaking in a tub. He had a punctured lung. I thought it was a collapsed lung. Collapsed lung. And they were going to, he was going to play. And and Keith Jones said something like, you know, I'm not going to play. If, you know, this guy doesn't get help, like he needs help now. They were, they wanted to wait till they put him on a flight to Philly and whatnot. He goes, no, like he needs help now. Like he's, you know, he didn't look good. He, um, yeah, he almost died. Yeah. Yeah. He, he took, uh, at least what I read, this was years ago. He took like a cross, uh, cross check to the midsection and he had like internal bleeding and that led to the collapsed lung. And if they didn't do anything, he was going to, he could have died. Exactly. So and I think that's what a lot of the beef was between Lindros, Lindros' dad, and the Flyers' medical uh, team, whatever. And that's where the whole thing started from. Bobby Clark, kept, you know, I, I guess you want to stick up for your guys. So he was sticking up for the Flyers' medical team because he didn't want it would have. I think it would have affected you know other players coming to the Flyers if the Flyers' medical team looked like you know a bunch of frauds and whatnot. But so that was a huge thing. And at the time. I'm like, why the fuck isn't Lindros playing? Like, what's the matter with him? Blah, blah, blah. And looking back, it's like, I don't think I would be too happy with my team either if they were making me do this shit, you know? Like, part of me was like, man, Lindros is like a bitch. Like, he's got a collapsed lung. Big fucking deal. But, like, <laughs> he's got like know, eight bullet wounds. He's got another he's got one. Fucking ice, dude. He's got a second lung. But, yeah, now that, I, like, I'm rereading everything and I'm like, God damn, man, this guy went through all that and they were giving him all this shit. Like, come on. Like, this guy was like the face of not only just the Flyers, but potentially the league for like a long time. And this is how you're taking care of him, you know? Like, they should have did whatever the fuck he wanted. Well, but you got to remember, Bobby Clark has some serious ego issues as GM. Uh, yeah. He was, had some, I mean, don't get me wrong. Lindros's dad, I hear, was a real piece of work too. So there was a lot of bad blood before any of that happened. That definitely didn't help. I had also heard that he didn't play a lot of that year for other reasons too, and like his with the Scott Stevens hit that year, uh, and a lot of the team didn't want him back when he came back because um, they had gotten that far without him, you know. So there there was a lot going on. I'm sure, like again, smoke where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm sure everything's not true, but I don't think by he was by any means a bitch. I definitely don't, you know. But I had also heard that in. <laughs> he was, like, universally hated around the league, too. Refs didn't like him. Players, coaches. Quebec sure as hell didn't like him. <laughs> I like how you called him. I like how you said he wasn't a bitch. 
And that was like 14-year-old Jim or however old I was thinking that about Lindros. I didn't know what a fucking collapsed lung was when I was that young. Like, oh, he's got another – yeah, he's got another he's got lung. second one, right? Fine. Like, my dad gave his kidney to somebody. He's fine. Tape that shit up. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, looking back, like, he took a lot of shit. And I don't know how – I guess because Bobby Clark was so good when he played that he – I don't think Bobby Clark gets enough shit is, I guess, what I'm trying to say for – how things transpired with Eric Lindros. Like, Bobby Clark, the GM, you could say, fuck this franchise for a little bit because they should have won multiple Stanley Cups with Eric Lindros. No oh, yeah. doubt. You know, and, and how he treated him, like you, like I said, not, not just the best player on the Flyers, but potentially the best player in the league for years. And you're going to treat him like that? Like, come on. I don't know. Something about that all rubs, rubs me the wrong way now, it, you know? It was the marriage not meant to last. What can you say? Yeah, I guess so. Just a damn shame. Because the whole thing was based on infidelity. Was it? Go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> what do you got? Well, he Jeez. was supposed to go to a different team. And he was like, I ain't fucking signing with you. So he cheated on him with the Flyers. And here we are. So he cheated. <laughs> he, he banged Brendan Moore's uh, wife, you're saying? Yes. So, so this all comes so, full circle. Correct. So fi- um, figurative infidelity and then literal infidelity. Wow. You guys know why he didn't want to go to Quebec? Because it's a shitty city. You're going to say that. <laughs> uh, no, apparently it 100% had to do with the owner being a complete piece of shit scumbag. Mm. Interesting. I don't know him personally, but apparently Lindros' dad did. <laughs> Isn't they, that uh, I mean, th- that quote's from Lindros himself. There was a really great uh, documentary on the trade, and that was in a part of it. Um, That's another interesting went to thing. A court case. It went to a court case with them and the Rangers on whose trade should go through, and the court ruled in the Flyers' favor. It was crazy. Yeah, they accepted both trades. Yeah. I mean, wow. Quebec did accept our trade first, but I don't know if they tried to nix it or something. I can't remember the details. It's a really good documentary, though. I wrote another flyers about that a couple weeks ago, believe it or not. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Lindros. Um, something I found interesting. So the only player on the Legion of Doom that was drafted by the Flyers is who? Michael Renberg. Isn't that crazy? Well, yeah. I mean, it's more so because the Lindros trade is ginormous. And I remember the well, – I don't remember. It was about four years old. When they traded for LeClaire, they got Desjardins as well. And the, neither one of the guys were the guys they were really trying to get. They got some guy, I don't even know his name. He was supposed to be the gem of the deal. Something I always forget about with John LeClaire is he was in the league for a couple of years before he played for the Flyers. Yeah, they won a cup. Did he win a cup with Montreal? Yeah, Patrick Waugh. It was 93, 2, 3, 4, right in that range. Uh, him, and, him and Desjardins won a, uh, won a cup. I think he even had like a Stanley Cup overtime goal. Like Get the game. hell out of here. I had no idea. It was like a third-line player or something, but yeah. If Here's another question because I was looking through some numbers. If John LeClaire doesn't play with Eric Lindros, do we talk about John LeClaire the way we do today? <laughs> I mean, what you just said is how people talk about John LeClaire. They say, say that all the time. If it wasn't for Lindros, I've heard that his entire career. He scored in a dead puck error. He scored 50 goals three times. And that's with Lindros being in and out of the lineup at times. 
and he had one of the hardest slap shots in the league at the time. I don't think he would have been as good, but he still would have been good. I don't know, man. I watched a lot of pucks bounce off that dude and into the net. Leclerc. And, and it didn't they don't, look, they don't it ask look how. like he intentionally was trying to get them into the net. <laughs> they don't ask how. They ask how many. You know who had a lot of uh, a lot of those, and I feel like every time he fucking scored, it was like going off his jersey or something. Remember Mike Knubel? Oh yeah, same style of player. Same thing. Yeah, yeah literally, he was just a, a smaller or a smaller Leclerc. Yeah, I mean Leclerc was. They were trying to get bigger at the time too, and he was he was added a little size to the lineup, and he just parked himself in front of the net and was the garbage man, and he had an amazing slap shot. He did. He did. Whenever I think of Leclerc, I think of the goal from the side of the net. I was just going to say, he scored from all angles, even the ones that don't count. <laughs> yeah. Against probably the greatest goalie you ever played. Yeah. What else you guys got? Anything before we wrap up? We're uh, about an hour and 15 in somehow. Maybe not an hour and 15. Maybe a little bit less. I'll just say, who who's your top goalie of all time? Because mine is Hashik. I just figured I'd ask you guys. I thought that was a Flyers thing. Um, no, no, no. We not, not in this. We don't ask that question in this. Not with this team. <laughs> um, I got to go Brodor. I got to watch him for so long. Like being that he played in New Jersey and we were playing against him constantly, that you really got to appreciate his game, like watching him on a daily basis. Yeah, I get that a lot, and for me. It's just um, they built that team around Brodor, which was the right thing to do. But he had some awesome, awesome defensemen. Dominic Hasek had nothing. Buffalo has been cheap, was cheap then, and they're cheap now. And he just literally was the entire team. Like it was him, Satan, and Pekka who were both forwards. And I think they had Alexi Zitnik was like their only named defenseman I can think of. And he still did what he did. And I just... You're right. The Brodor's got all the accolades. You can't argue that, you know. But if I, I, I like had choose, if I'm building a team and I don't know if I can build my, I just want the best talent, the most talented. I would take Hashik. I like Hashik, and I like Hashik. Like, uh, so you ever play handball? You know, like yeah, you, you, gym, gym class. Yeah, like run around and. Oh, I was and, like confused about where that conversation was going. <laughs> handball and then gym. Yeah, we, yeah. We play handball. Yeah, Jim. <laughs> Jim, I'm about to play handball. Let's go. Oh, Jim? Yeah, Jim. <laughs> yeah, so handball and like outside, you know, playing the hockey with your with your friends, your brother. I would always imagine if I was goalie, I was Dominic Hasek, or if my brother was goalie, he was Dominic Hasek. Because oh, yeah. they just <laughs> like he played yourself around. Because he was so fun to watch, man. Like he made every fucking save he made was like insane. And, and today it'd be like he's always out of position. That's why, blah, blah, blah. But he was so fun to watch. And another guy, just to throw another name out there, was Patrick Waugh. Because I think he made a lot of saves like that as well. And he was just a fucking dick. Like, I, dick. I, I liked watching him play. Yeah, no, I mean, Waugh doesn't actually get as much credit as he should when it comes to this conversation. He's always, like, third fiddle. Or, or they bring in, like, the guys from the, the Canadians teams of the 70s and what have you. Um but yeah, no, I mean, wow, he played on some really good teams. Just, I mean, my God. He also played in the 80s where they were getting scored on a lot. <laughs> like, he got scored on less, but he still got scored on a lot. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, for me, it's 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 Hashik, and 
That's what, like you said, Jim, he was so much fun to watch. It's like the goals that Diga scored on him is because he expected it to do something else, and it just took a weird angle or something. But anything he was in control of, he handled, and he played a long time, too. Yeah, he was fun. Is that all we got? I think that's it, Jimmy. All right. Then Bring it home. Wrap this baby up. Uh, Kyle, anything new going on at Enforcer's Corner? Not Negative. A- got some stuff in the works, but just not happening yet. You had a couple episodes come out a week or two ago. Was it Dingman and uh, who's the other guy? I can't remember off the top of my head. Josh Gratton. Josh Gratton. That was a good one. So if you guys haven't checked out those episodes yet, make sure you head on in, over to Enforcer's Corner and check them out. All right, that's going to wrap it up for HW, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bobby or himself can stop us. We're all play our bounds.
We're getting, I don't know how to say it, Kyle, blazing up. Jeez. Um, I'm deleting that. Yeah, you probably should. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, did you hear his voice when he said that? Yeah. (laughs) 